What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. Thanks for tuning in today. A little bit of baseball news to cover throughout the world of baseball, as well as a little bit of Tigers news. It's more Tigers speculation, but hey, it's something to talk about nonetheless. The big news last night was that both of the Rookie of the Years were announced. No surprises. Devin Williams, the relief pitcher for the Brewers, won it in the National League, and Kyle Lewis, the center fielder for the Mariners, won it in the American League. They got it right. Obviously, weird season, 60-game season. Not a great rookie class. Not a very good rookie class at all. You know, this is uh, far inferior to, say, 2015 when you had, you know, guys like Carlos Correa and Chris Bryant who were, you know, about to set the world on fire in their rookie seasons. It was not like that this year. Maybe it could have been if the season would have gone longer and we could have seen some more guys like Luis Robert get out of the slumps that they were in, but I I don't think it was a great rookie class. Kyle Lewis deserved it. He was the best rookie in the American League in 2020. I maintain my stance that it, it may not age super well. The Rookie of the Year voting and the Rookie of the Year award in general is like the Best New Artist award at the Grammys. If there's anyone who follows the Grammys, the Best New Artist award is usually given to the person who has uh, the biggest hit in a particular year. It is not necessarily given to the person that is likely to have uh, the longest uh, career. You know, Mark Cohn, who wrote one of my favorite songs, Walking in Memphis, I don't know why I'm talking about this, won Best New Artist award at the Grammys and ended up never having another hit after that. I think Kyle Lewis will have some staying power, but ultimately I think Luis Robert is going to have the best longest career of any of the rookies in this 2020 class, but congratulations to both of them. They both deserved their awards respectively. One other part of this, and this just broke, Willie Castro, the shortstop, or really infielder, for the Detroit Tigers, finished fifth in the Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, good for him. You know, I, I've, I've stated I kind of have doubts uh, about whether or not he'll be able to repeat the success that he had in 2020, but I'm, I'm not going to poo-poo the guy just because I have doubts about his future. Had a really good rookie season. You could make a strong argument he deserved to finish top three or four, ended up finishing fifth. It is something for him to hang his hat on, but it's also something for the Tigers to hang their hat on. I mean, one of the major criticisms that so many people, myself included, have understandably had is this organization's inability to develop talent. This is the first time they've had a rookie this close to winning Rookie of the Year since Michael Fulmer in 2016. Michael Fulmer, they can't really take credit for. They got him from the Mets, pitched, what, like 10 games in the minor leagues in Detroit. The last time they had a rookie that came up through the system that had this good a year in their first season was probably Verlander 14 years ago. So uh, good for Willie Castro, finished fifth. Hopefully uh, he can build on it and be part of the future here. Small, some speculation coming out of Tiger Camp, and that is that Jackie Bradley Jr., the now free agent, former center fielder of the Boston Red Sox, is a free agent this year. Played a long time in Boston. Had a pretty darn good stint in Boston. Made an all-star team. Won a gold glove. Probably should have won more than one, to be honest with you. Won ALCS MVP in 2018. Won a World Series there. Has had a pretty solid career, but he's a free agent. And there was some speculation that came out the other day that uh, naming some teams that were interested in Jackie Bradley Jr. And one of them was that there was an unnamed and untitled AL Central team that was interested in JBJ. And of course, that opened things up to speculation. Are the Tigers that team? And of course, you're already seeing some pieces from people saying, is Jackie Bradley Jr. a a good fit in Detroit? You know, originally, before I started recording this podcast, my my answer was going to be no. And it still probably is no. Jackie Bradley would be mainly a one-year guy. I was under the assumption his numbers over the last several seasons were worse than they actually were. Jackie Bradley Jr., one of the best defensive center fielders 
in the game of baseball and one of the best defensive center fielders we've seen in a while. The guy's got an absolute cannon, covers a ton of ground. Everyone likes some great clubhouse guy, has hit, has had some big moments. I mean, like I said, 2018 ALCS MVP in Boston. He's had a solid career. You know, ideally, we would want the Tigers to think bigger, right? We want him to go for George Springer. We want him to go for JT Riamuto and DJ LeMahieu. Uh, and, and I hope that does happen. Would JBJ be a good fit in Detroit? He wouldn't be an awful fit, but I'm not dishing out more than a one- or two-year deal for him. He is 30 years old. He'll be 31 next season. Not uh, not a young player, but not old by any means. Still relatively youthful. Has a lot of years left in him adds a lot to a baseball team. If he were to sign with the Tigers, I wouldn't be completely against it. I, I think that makes an outfield of what? At that point, you have Jacoby Jones, Victor Reyes, and Jackie Bradley Jr. Not the worst outfield necessarily that you could imagine. I, I do think that for Jacoby Jones's sake, it would be better for him to stay in center field. We've seen him kind of be moved around uh, the outfield several times throughout his career. It seems like he found a home in center field. And, and at this point, look, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a great defensive player. Would absolutely help the ERA of some of these young pitchers. But I think the Tigers at this point need to be a bit more offensive-minded. Yes, the offense was better last year, but over the last several seasons, this has been statistically one of the worst offenses in all of baseball. Not to say that the pitching has been any better, but I think the stock in terms of the pitching is is rising with Mize, Manning, Scooball, those guys coming up through the system and seeing a little bit of action at the major league level in 2020. So I wouldn't be completely against it. It would be an Illich signing. It would probably be one of those cheap one or two year deals that they've done over the last several seasons. I guess my final thought would be I wouldn't be against it if you supplement that with uh, several more signings, you know, uh, around him. Like, if it was just Jackie Bradley Jr., I'm viewing this as a bad offseason. Despite that, though, I I don't think that the Tigers are that mystery team. It's just, it opens things up to speculation. We're in the offseason, and that's what a lot of the offseason is, is speculation, is hype, is question marks, and and I come on here in this podcast to try to uh, answer some of those questions, and hopefully I did here. Before I move on to segment two, there was some more news that broke. I, I like looking around baseball and finding news. I, I find what, what goes on elsewhere far more interesting than what goes on in Detroit right now. I mean, obviously, we just had the some stories that broke with Hinch becoming the manager and, and his coaching staff. That's good enough to fill one podcast, but I'm not going to spend the next four months talking about A.J. Hinch's staff. It would bore you people to death. One interesting thing that happened, I believe this was Friday, Steve Cohen is now the owner of the New York Mets. The Wilpons own the Mets for a long time, were viewed by many, especially Mets fans, as some of the worst owners in sports. I would say... 80% of that was justified criticism. I think some of it was a little bit over the top. I mean, it's not like he didn't have success there. They made the World Series in 2015, but you know the, the criticisms are fair. They kind of nickel and dime. I mean, that is what the biggest market in the world in New York, and they kind of run things like they're a small market club. They don't hand out a lot of big contracts. The guys they do sign in free agency have ended up being you know kind of bust. They've made some really questionable trades. I put that more on the GMs, but the Wilpons do uh, take a brunt of that criticism, and I understand that Steve Cohen now owns the team after a bidding war, and it got weird for a second. Mayor Bill de Blasio got involved. Apparently, they had some bad blood, but ultimately, they closed out on that deal. Steve Cohen, now the owner of the New York Mets, and his first move, I mean, I'm not kidding you here, two hours into getting the job, like, cleaned house. Fired the GM, fired some scouts, fired all, like a whole lot of people. And look, you don't want to see anyone lose their job. Brody Van Wagenen was the GM there. He'd been the GM for two seasons, was an agent before he was a GM. It was a questionable hire. Seems like a good guy. Seems like a smart guy. I mean, I, I love him just because he was caught 
on on Mike and on camera criticizing Rob Manford this year, which I thought was great. He'll find his footing. You know, people seem to like him. Seems like a personable guy. GM probably wasn't the best spot for him, especially for a team like the Mets that is so yearning for uh, another championship caliber team. Steve Cohen, though. How ruthless is that? You come in and on day one, like hour number two, you're cleaning house. Like if I'm a Mets fan, I'm I'm salivating over that. I'm just I'm giddy with excitement because the one thing you want with owners, and it's it's something that especially in Detroit we have not always seen. Like Mike Illich, even for all his flaws, cared. Mike Illich wanted a champion. He wanted a champion with the Red Wings. He wanted a champion with the Tigers. He was only able to achieve one of those. Never brought home a World Series title to Detroit, but. I mean, damn if he didn't try, and obviously won several championships with the Red Wings. It's like, I think one of the issues that this city has run into is apathy from the owners. The Fords we know are, I I mean, to me, the worst owners in all of sports and have been for, oh, uh, 50 years. Uh, Tom Gorris stinks with the Pistons. Chris Illich, the word is still out, but obviously we've been very negative uh, about him, and understandably so. You get a guy in Steve Cohen right away who says, I want to win a championship. I'm cleaning house today. I'm not waiting until next season. I'm not waiting for some excuse. I'm not waiting to finish under 500 again. I'm doing it today. And and good. Look, I, I've always maintained the argument that baseball is more popular when the big market teams are successful. As much as people may hate the Yankees or hate the Dodgers or the Red Sox, more people watch baseball when those teams are involved. And that's a fact. You can look at the ratings over the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. It, it reflects that opinion. But I also think baseball is at its best when the best players are on the biggest stage. And one guy that I adore, I think he's the best pitcher in baseball. I love the way he goes about his business and has some of the greatest stuff we've ever seen. I think Jacob deGrom is incredible, and I want to see Jacob DeGrom back in the postseason, and he has been dealt some of the worst hands possible. The guy's been so good there, kept his mouth shut, just gone out and dealt, and yet the Mets have given him nothing back. I want to see Steve Cohen built a championship caliber team around him. That They are not in a situation where they should rebuild. They have pieces. They really do. They have, obviously, the, the best pitcher in baseball and Jacob DeGrom. They have Pete Alonzo, you know, who had a transcendent rookie season, was not as good last year. Dom Smith. Like, like there's several players players there that you can really build around. They're not that far away. I hope Steve Cohen gets it done there. And I just like, I, I'm not even a Mets fan, but I couldn't help but tip my cap at just the, the absolute ruthlessness of Steve Cohen coming in and cleaning house right away. So when I get back in segment two, we're going to talk about the story that just won't go away. And that is Jeff Lunau and the Astros cheating scandal. He's now sued Houston. We'll be right back. And we're back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. So, story broke a couple days ago about Jeff Lunau, former GM of the Houston Astros, who's now suing the team. Many outlets have reported on this, but I'm just reading off from Yahoo Sports. Cassandra Negley, who wrote, Jeff Lunau, the former Houston Astros general manager, who was suspended by the MLB for the team's 2017 sign-stealing scandal, is suing the team for breach of contract, the Los Angeles Times reported on Sunday. Lunau's court filing in Houston's district court alleges that the Astros did not fire him for a condition that would be just cause. Really? Really? Disgracing the game of baseball? Okay, sure. Uh, I'm not going to read off the rest of the article because I don't want to bore you guys to death, but Lunau is arguing that Jim Crane negotiated with Rob Manfred and in those negotiations they made Jeff Lunau the scapegoat of this sign stealing scandal. Look, I think Lunau should just shut up and I've kind of said that for a while here, but before I, I I get into criticizing him, what's sad to me 
is that he might be right. That might have been what happened. Rob Manford may have negotiated with with Crane to, to try to work out a deal so that the players didn't get punished and made Loon out a scapegoat. It's, it's entirely possible. It just shows how poor of a job Major League Baseball did conducting that investigation. You understand, and time, I know this year has felt like it's lasted forever, but it, it really hasn't. Time has gone by kind of fast. You understand that Ken Rosenthal wrote that piece for The Athletic about the Astros stealing signs over, or almost a year ago now. It's been almost a full year, and we're still talking about it. We still don't know, really, we might never know who's completely responsible. Some people say it's Lunau, some people say Hinch, some people People say Cora, some people say the players. It just goes to show the complete incompetence of Rob Manfred's administration as commissioner that we are a full year into this story and we still aren't completely sure who's responsible. Now, with that said, if I'm Luna, even if I'm not responsible, even if I'm pointing fingers and saying, hey, it's those guys' fault. It's the players' fault. I was just the middleman. First of all, you're the GM of the team. Like I, I have, all, it's like those coaches who say, "Oh, I didn't know my players were, were doing drugs." You know, and like the NCAA when guys get suspended, I didn't know. You know, my players were, were getting into fights off the field. It, you, it's kind of like everything runs through you. you. You kind of run the whole ship here. Like you're the GM of the team. You should know if things are going on. Maybe you weren't necessarily responsible for what happened, but like you were, could have been responsible for stopping it more so than even somebody like Hinch. Like. Hinch, I view as more of a middleman. GM of the team claims he didn't know what happened or claims that it wasn't his fault. I I don't know what to believe, and and we'll probably never know. I just, it's clear he wants to work in baseball again, and it's clear he believes that his best way of going about that is to sue the Astros and win, and if he wins, he'll come out and say, see, see, they fired me for the wrong reason. I I deserve to be back in baseball. I'm sure he wants to work in this game again. I'm sure he loves the game of baseball. He disgraced it, but I'm sure he wants to work in it. I've, I've said this forever mistakes happen. Colossal mistakes happen. And people should be allowed to be forgiven for their mistakes depending on how they go about apologizing. To me, the right route to go here was the route that A.J. Hinch went. If A.J. Hinch would have came out and said, hey, I had nothing to do with it. I I don't know what happened. Don't blame me. You know, it was the players. It was Lunau. I was just stuck in the middle. Then I would not have come on here and said that A.J. Hinch deserved to be a manager for a baseball team again, especially not manager for the Tigers. Truly. Everyone thinks that I sold out because I wanted a cheater. That's not the case. Yes, he cheated. He cheated. A.J. Hinch cheated. He was part of a, a great cheating scandal. You want me to say it? I said it a million times. What I look for is how people respond to their mistakes. And Hinch, you saw in the interview with Tom Verducci, was remorseful. He he said it in his introductory press conference, said, hey, that's part of my story. It will always be part of my story. I understand that, and and I acknowledge that what I did was wrong, and I apologize. That's the way to go, And, and I believed him. I really did. Sometimes apologies can come across as disingenuous. That was not one of them. I believe that A.J. Hinch was truly remorseful for what he did, and that's why I felt like he was going to be a good fit as manager for the Tigers, and I'll continue to believe that. I'm happy he's here. Lunau has not done that. Lunau has has insisted that it was everybody else's fault but his own. And to me, when you can't look yourself in the mirror and acknowledge your own flaws, acknowledge your own mistakes, uh, you don't deserve a job in Major League Baseball. And, and I like I don't know what's going to happen with this lawsuit. I really don't. But even if he wins, is anyone really going to care? Is anyone going to turn around and say, hey, you know what, I guess we should all forgive Jeff Lunau now? No. It, the problem is Jeff Lunau was a guy who was viewed as a genius. Jeff Lunau was viewed as a guy who took a baseball team that was in 
below rock bottom. I mean, in the deepest depths of awfulness, turn them around. And everyone, including myself, believed that Jeff Luna was maybe the best GM in all of baseball, arguably in all of sports. He turned around a bottom feeder and turned him into a perennial all-star team. And a lot of it was a lie. Like, do I still believe that he has the capability of building a champion somewhere else? I do. But you are responsible for your actions. You are responsible for how you respond to your mistake. He's shown on several occasions now that he's just not saying the right things. Like, I I think he's a joke. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with this lawsuit. I don't care for what reason the Astros fired him for. If it was wrongful termination, breach of contract, I, I don't know. Maybe there's nothing in the contract that says that you should get fired for disgracing the game, but I think it's kind of one of those unwritten things. That's one of those unwritten rules of baseball that we talk about. If you ruin the game, if you disgrace the game of baseball, you probably shouldn't have a job again, especially if you're not really remorseful for what happened. If you would have just came out and apologized and said, I did wrong, that's on me, the way A.J. Hinch did, I'd be far more inclined to be like, hey, give this guy a job again. He learned from it. He'll grow from it. He hasn't, and it's really disappointing. All right, so I did a lot of talking today, obviously. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review for this show. It would be much, much appreciated. I'll be right back here tomorrow covering some baseball news, hopefully some Tigers news will come out for me to sink my teeth into, but either way, we'll be right back here. Going to keep rolling this week. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.